If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Shift. Got stress? I think probably a lot of people do right now. Did you know consistent stress can take a massive toll on our mental, our physical, and our emotional health? And uh, I don't think that anyone out there can deny that there are a lot of people, more than usual, experiencing a lot of it these days. We all have our own versions of it and ways of trying to manage it. Uh, It's one of the most common causes of anxiety, of heart disease, of high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, and more. Now, chronic stress can cause you to become cortisol resistant and weaken your immune system, making you a prime candidate for catching every cold and flu going around. Plus, stress ages you faster. I mean, ooh, who wants that? So I'm sure that you can guess what the topic du jour is today. Mm -hmm. My guest, Dr. Drayvon James, is here to talk about and question some things about stress. Well, like, is it always a bad thing? Maybe there's a way to use it. Uh, Is it a result of perception? And of course, she's going to be sharing some easy and effective ways to turn it around. And let me tell you, from what I have discovered Dr. Drayvon James knows her stuff. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about her and then we're gonna bring her on. She is an inspirational speaker, a radio host and author of Freedom Is Your Birthright. She is the founder, let me just hold that up real quick. Mm -hmm. This lovely little book full of wisdom nuggets. She's the founder of Everyday Peace, a platform for her to help and inspire others to build the life of their dreams. She also hosts her own weekly radio show, Everyday Peace on Unity Radio. Dr. Drayvon James, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And this is an amazing topic. It's right on time. It's very timely. Yeah, more than ever, right? It's, uh, I just don't think we can talk about it too much, honestly. And people really need help in every way they can right now to manage their emotional and mental stress. So I am delighted that you are going to spend a little bit of time with us today. Okay, first of all, I think, um, I think I just want to, I want to cover the fact that you are, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. I mean, (laughs) you are, I mean, we talked about it uh, just a minute ago. You're a speaker, a radio host, uh, an author, as I I held up a few minutes ago, this wonderful little booklet, um, Freedom is Your Birthright. And it's, uh, I love it because it's not like a gigantic novel, which is good because as you know, most people aren't, aren't doing a lot of reading. And if they are, they're not finishing things. So having something like a nice little tidy, succinct message to get through is uh, really a nice gem to have. Um, But you are also, well, you have been an actress. I don't know if you still are, but I thought that was pretty cool that your career credits uh, include a recurring role in HBO's critically acclaimed The Wire. That is pretty awesome. It has inspired me to go back and watch it again so I can find you on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, and you know, and, and uh, in addition to that, I am a doctor of pharmacy. That's what my doctorate degree is. So I, yes. run, I run operations for a very large medical center, pharmacy operations. So that's amazing. And that's where I was going next, which is just, so you have this really interesting blend of all of these vast experiences. And I find the pharmacy aspect so interesting. I want to find out how that integrates with your spirituality and your beliefs about, you know, mind and our health and all of those things. So we're going to get into that. Um, I guess before we dive into that, I would love you to tell us a little bit about Everyday Peace and why you created that. 
Oh, that's a wonderful story that I never get tired of talking about. Okay. <laughs> so, so at the very beginning, I have to tell you what the word peace, as we define it in everyday peace, how we define that word. Peace is wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness, no totality. That's peace. So it isn't necessarily what people think about sitting somewhere cross-legged in a Zen-like state, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, we commonly think of that. We think about peace. You're like, oh yes, that Zen likes, and that's so wonderful. It's wonderful to have yeah. that. I would love to have that all of the time. But and when we talk about everyday peace, we're talking about being whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Which means that those things that show up in our life, and we're talking about stress today, with those things that show up in our life that make us feel, or we choose to feel, we'll talk about that, stressed about, are mm -hmm. also part of that everyday peace it's, mm -hmm. it's shown up for the journey and so in everyday peace we say that everything that's shown up in my life the good the bad and the in-between absolutely everything has shown up for one reason and that reason is to bow down and serve us as we consciously create and move towards our next level of greatness right so if stress shows up we got to use it we have to use it Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I say that all the time. It's um, whether it's stress or something else that somebody is, you know, um, perceiving as something that's bad for them or, um, you know, an, an event or an experience. And I always say, don't let it use you, use it. And then we go from there. And I feel like you, from everything that I have read about you and, and watched you, I feel like Drayvon, you are in my head. I mean, we are very simpatico on our beliefs around this stuff. So I, uh, I, I want you to take a second to explain to people like how, when they have an experience or a stressful situation going on, how do they, what do you mean by use it? I know what I mean, but I want to hear your yes. version. So, you know what, and I love to use real life examples of people that I work with, but today mm -hmm. I'm going to use myself. <laughs> so you'll get to be in my head. So my day up until this point has been extremely stressful. Meeting after meeting, some of them, I wish they were all as friendly as this one, but some of them come with a little, you know, acrimony in there, right? And so... And I, as I caught myself, because we're all human today, starting mm -hmm. to tense up and resist because stress means that really at the base, let's start at the beginning, stress is fear of something, mm -hmm. fear of something. And it's not always bad, right? You can right. be going to get, having a wedding or having a baby, your fear of the outcome causes you stress. You know, can I afford the dress? Can I afford this? Can, are we ready for the baby? All of these things can cause stress. So at the very root cause of this stress is fear. So I got to start there because we really can't talk about stress without talking mm. about fear and how our brain is wired. This stuff is just phenomenal. So the mm -hmm. brain, the most advanced piece of machinery on the earth, right? Right. It's still very primitive in some ways in the way, in the way that it's very primitive is also very sweet. The brain wants to protect those people that it cares about. Mm-hmm. So, your family, your friends. And so when something seems to threaten the brain, threaten your, your safety, the brain goes into this kind of stress mode. It either goes back to the past to help make decisions or tries to block the future to pre prevent things from happening. Mm -hmm. And it keeps us stuck in this perpetual wheel of fear. And right. we just keep circling the wagon. So we've got to break out of that. And the first thing is to do is to become more self-aware. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are in the thick of it and we don't even know because we can't, we can't slow down long enough to make an assessment of what's going on with us, right? You know, right. have you been, you, before you realize that you've flipped out, you've said the wrong thing, you've behaved poorly, and then you go back to, oh my gosh, I was so stressed and I didn't realize it. So I caution people all the time, be like the matrix. Remember that movie, the matrix and how they would slow everything down. Mm-hmm make that part of our every hour, slow down, take a quick internal check on what's going on with you. Are you clenching your jaw? Mm -hmm. Are your hand, I was a clencher. Everything on me was always tight. Right? Yeah. yeah, me too. Right? Isn't that amazing? And that started happening to me today. Right. And so I'll tell you how I got out of that. But so just started clenching and you realize, oh, wait a minute. Why am I holding my shoulders so tight? Well, mm. we're trying to protect ourselves. The brain is saying, create a barrier. 
And what do we try to do? We create it with our jaw, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Our shoulders, right? We're it's trying to so block true. it. Yeah, so we live in this space of trying to protect ourselves, protect our loved ones. And that's okay. Who, who wouldn't want to be there? But how we mm-hmm. do it, that's a primitive way of saying that I need to, I need to become fearful, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell you guys, we'll, we'll be talking for a little while, but there's so many yeah. great ways. So one of the yeah. first things you want to do is become self-aware, become aware, pay attention to what your body is doing, because we can lie with a smile. We can say we feel fine, but there's something that your body does, right? Like I said, Easy. I mentioned, I clench, yeah. I hold on tight for dear life. Me too. <laughs> No, I'm the exact same way. I can totally relate to that. There are some times I have waken up in the morning and my jaw is achy and I realize I've been clenching in my sleep or yeah, if something is up for me during the day and I will like, my jaws are aching. Oh, okay. I must, I'm, I'm tense about something. So then I, I have the self-awareness to connect that the physical manifestation, you know, to what's going on up here. So I can do some things to unwind that and and bring myself back to, you know, a state of harmony. Right. And that's for, for most people, that's really, they, they could stop there depending on where you're on the stress, but that mm-hmm. I call that shining the light of awareness mm-hmm. because shadows can't exist when the light comes on. So once you say, oh, I'm aware that I'm clinching all of a sudden mm-hmm. that, that mechanism says, oh, she's watching, she's paying attention to us. You know, we're like, you know, the child in us wants mm-hmm. our attention says, you've noticed me, right? Mm-hmm. It starts to soothe down a little bit. Like, you know, you've noticed that something, and then it has this belief that you'll go further and you'll move towards resolution. Not that you'll know what the resolution is, but you'll want to make the actions to move towards resolution, which are so Mm -hmm. much easier. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. that too. So Mm -hmm. much easier. We don't have to have an answer in order to live in the place of peace. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, that stress, um, to your point, it's this, you know, you're in this place of resistance, right? And, and in sometimes you just don't even know it consciously. It's something that's beneath the surface and you have to, you have to ask yourself, you know, so you got to do like this, uh, internal, uh, interrogation of yourself, right? Sometimes to figure out what is it? I know I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling cranky about something or for whatever reason you are just not, you know, feeling happy, go lucky. So you've really got to come back in and, and interrogate yourself and get to the bottom of it and ask yourself some quality questions. Um, I just want to stay right there for just one second, because that is, you know, how children ask you a question. You'll answer the question. They'll say, but why? Yeah. Why? You know, I have a, I have a teenager getting ready to go off to college and he didn't like an answer that I gave today. And it was so funny because he did the, but why with me, I gave him the answers, but why? And the next, mm-hmm. but why? When we do that to ourselves, we get to yes. the root cause. You know, well, I'm yeah. angry about this. Well, why does that make you angry? Because of this. Why, you know, so lovingly getting to the, but why? Mm-hmm. And the root cause of what is really the, the what, what, what has this yeah. circumstance triggered in our life? Right, right. And that's so key, Drayvon, because so many people don't actually stop and ask themselves the questions. They go outside of themselves and they look for a way to find comfort. You know, they look for a way to change the state with something outside of themselves rather than trying to get to the root cause of the state they find themselves in. And that's, you know, that's not always the best answer because it's just going to keep coming up, right? Until you figure it out. It's going to be like that, you know, like that little child is going to keep coming back. And, you know, you, you, this is the internal, the child in us wants our attention. We could try to placate it with all these other things, but it Mm -hmm. always comes back to, I'm looking for you to notice you. That's what it is. Oh, that's, that's a good way to put it too. There's like two yous, right? There's, there's like, there's like the I, and then there's the I that is watching the I. You, I could have said that, right? There's the watcher of self, right? There's the watcher of self. And the more time we, we answer to that part of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. The more, oh, these external situations just don't seem that big anymore because they seem so big because we refuse to spend time with the inner self. We just... We are so scared of that part of ourselves. Yeah. And that's another why question. Like why? Why are we so resistant and afraid to dig into that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's an, a, I guess it's different for everyone, but that's the question. Better. But the real thing I think is that we're, 
if we spend a little time, right? We're so externally focused. And one of the things I tell my clients is I wish that our eyes pointed inwardly, right? So the fact that our eyes point out has been a disservice to us in so many ways, right? Right, right. We believe that everything yeah. that these eyes see outside of ourselves is where all of the answers are. Where, you know, someone always mm-hmm. better, you know, and we're trained to, you know, speak to the expert and, and there's nothing wrong with that after we consult the inner so mm, mm. yeah well said well said so okay um when we are when we're in that state of resistance when we see things or we we actually it's more like we perceive we perceive things as negative or bad and that right there is the caveat right the per- yeah. perception um we create stress for ourselves um usually it's completely unnecessary, but that perception is such a big part of the stress that we manifest, right? Because that perception of whatever the situation or the person or the experience is, you know, you're, you're applying like a certain meaning to that. And so then you manifest these emotions and stress, you know, is one of them. So how, um, I guess maybe just to dive into this, um, how does, how does the act of resisting stress create more tension? Um, and maybe we can just expand on that concept a little bit and how they can help people reframe that a little bit. Oh, great question. Because you know, what we focus on, we draw more into our life. That's the short answer, but I wanted to stay there for a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, it takes energy to resist something, right? We've yeah. got to make up our mind that we're, you know, I'm going to resist this. And then we put all of our energy and all, all of our focus on resisting this thing, whatever the thing is. And mm-hmm. we only create an energetic pull from the universe that says, this is the thing that I'm focused on. Well, mm-hmm. the, the universe says you're focused on it. I'll bring more of that to you, right? Yeah. So yeah. that happens and we all know that, but there is part of us that says, you know, well, this thing has shown up in our life and you're spot on when you said we tell ourselves a story about that thing, right? We say, okay, this is bad. We go right into judgment, right? Right Right into judgment. So if I could just really work with people and get you to first understand, it's okay to be aware that you don't like something that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't like the way this is happening in my life. That is absolutely, awareness is key to changing something in our life, Right. right? So what is the story? I don't like it. You have a right to not like it. Honor yourself for being aware that you don't like whatever this is that showed up in your life mm-hmm. and that you like something else to show up in your life, right? But don't, don't get in the place of judging. I just, I don't like it, right? right? Now it's shown up and since it's here, right? Going back to the foundational principle of everyday peace, since it's here, since it's shown up in my life, I know that it's shown up for one reason. And that is to bow down and serve me. Who doesn't want to be served? To bow mm-hmm. down and serve me as I consciously create my next level of, great, of greatness. I have to consciously choose to tell myself what this thing, whatever it is, what the meaning that it has in my life. Mm-hmm. That. And, I, and that is that it's going to serve me. I don't know how. I don't know how. Right. And I don't like it. <laughs> But I know that it's going to serve me. Just that little bit right there. And then saying, I'm curious. I'm curious about how this is going to work out for my for my growth and development. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important piece of that is to, even if you don't know what it might be, but to be open and to be curious and to be willing to receive an inspiration that can be helpful in moving you forward or helpful in your growth, helpful in your understanding. Um, that's, that's the piece right there. Even if you don't know to be willing to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to receive something that's for my benefit. Right. You know, and that's the difference, you know, that I call that leaning into the situation, mm-hmm. right. Instead of bracing up and clenching away from it. Right. And creating this barrier and this thing, you know, starts coming towards you faster. You lean in with this curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, I wouldn't have chosen this, but I'm really curious about how this is going to work out for my growth and development. Cause it only can do that. That's what challenges do if yeah. we let them. Or we could take the worry approach and say, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I, I'm not going to come back from this. And that creates all this cortisol and all this worry energy mm-hmm. and it blocks our creativity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because when the, when the problem shows up, the answer right. shows up with it. 
Yes. Always. Always. But I, but I think, or, and, you know, to your point, and I think though, um, you've got to allow your mind to get out of the same space where the problem lives. Right. So yeah, the solution is there, but you are not going to be able to be receptive to it. If you are still milling around in the angsty space of this is awful. Right. right? Or right. in that space that we always get trapped in. I want things to be as they were. We, we hear a lot of that yeah. right now. When oh yeah. Let's go back to normal. Mm -hmm. That keeps you trapped. Right. right. So you're not willing to advance. You're not becoming curious about what this situation is going to bring us to. Right? Mm -hmm. it keeps mm -hmm. you that puts up that wall of resistance. Yeah. Creates more stress because instead of becoming curious and having that creative energy start to spark and grow in you, where you can vibrate energetically at the level of the answer, mm -hmm. you're now trying to vibrate at, at, at the past. Right. Dress. Right. You, I, on my whiteboard at work, people come to my office and I have, I have this definition of um, chaos is trying to exist in more than one space and time at the same time, right? The past, mm -hmm. the future, you know, right. and the you can't do that. Just right here, just right here. I'm yeah. curious today. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's perfect. That's so interesting about chaos, the, about looking at it that way in a mm -hmm. multidimensional. Yeah. Not a good place to live though. Not a good, and you talk about stress, you're trying right. to figure out a situation for today and your mind is trying to drag you to the past to recreate yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Or you've put up these barriers and you're so afraid of tomorrow. It's just, uh Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a good cycle to be in. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned about, um, you know, particularly now, since everyone's lives have been fairly disrupted pretty much everyone uh, in one way, shape or form and to one degree or another. Um, there is that, oh, when are things going to go back? When are we going to get to go back to, you know, to what it was or to, to normal, uh, whatever that is for, you know, each individual. And it seems like, again, when you have that mindset of wanting to go back, you lose the opportunity for uh, something new, something different, something that might be better than you couldn't even have imagined before, because you're so, you know, you're so afraid to um, loosen your grip on what was and, and look toward what might, what good might come of this? Uh, We're stuck in that loss aversion, which says mm -hmm. that I would rather not lose mm -hmm. than take a chance on gaining. Right. Right. So loss aversion. So, we, you know, we'd rather not lose whatever we knew from the past, mm -hmm. but we could gain, you know, and, and the, here's the thing that, you know, another term I love circle of influence, circle of control. Mm -hmm. This train is moving forward, yeah. whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Why not say, my goodness, let me get curious about how this whatever this is, is going to look like and how it's going to be great for my growth and development, how it's going to open up new mm -hmm. opportunities for me. I've never yeah. seen it before. And I'm excited to find out what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. That's, um, this is, I feel like what you just said a moment ago about um, the aversion to loss mm -hmm. and, you know, and not being willing to take the risk of what might come. That's like a great point to add. To, to share your going rogue story, I think, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have one to share with us? Well, you know, <laughs> I would have to say my going rogue story is still going rogue, but nice. many, many years ago when I made a commitment to go to the pharmacy school and to my mom, it was to go and become a medical doctor. And I got to tell you, she was a little disappointed because she wanted me just to go first pre-med and then straight into medical school. But I had the wisdom and uh, the angels were watching out for me. And mm -hmm. someone told me, get your pharmacy degree first. And that way you'll have this fallback plan so mm -hmm. that if you, you know, something happens, you don't score high enough on the MCAT or whatever, you can still make money while yeah. you try. So I got all the way through that program, walked across that stage and got ready to study for the MCAT exam. And I had, I went rogue and I said, you know, I'm not doing it. 
you know, nice. I wanted, yeah, I knew, I knew what I wanted to do was mm-hmm. pursue acting and I love pharmacy. I've been a pharmacist for 31 years and, uh, but I knew really what I wanted to do is what I do today was to help people transform their life using everything that's already shown up in their life, everything that they have today, right Mm. now. Mm. I didn't know what that was all those 31 years ago, but I knew, I said, yeah, I'm kind of going to have to go off the the beat beat path here and Mm -hmm. go go rogue, as you say. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's awesome because you probably had some mom and maybe some others going, wait a minute. Are you sure this is not the this is not what we all agreed on, right? You were yes. we oh, we all had a plan for you to go this way. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they they since came to terms with I know when my mom um one many, many years later she saw me on television for something and she said, Okay, I agree. It was a good idea for you not to go to medical school. But that wasn't my really going rogue moment. And it was difficult because yeah. I was so young, you know, and mm-hmm. to do uh change courses right there and in, in the middle midstream that summer to say, no, I'm not going to study for this exam. I'm mm-hmm. going to call it quits here. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So, um, all right. I got off topic there a little bit, but I just felt like that was a perfect, just a perfect spot for that. Um, what, um, okay. So dealing, let's, let's talk about, helping people uh, with some tools to shift, um, to shift out of that state when they, when just like nothing's working. Okay. I know I'm stressed. I know why I'm stressed, but I just can't seem to, you know, change it to get out of this state. Nothing's working, Uh, you know? So rather than, you know, having a bottle of wine and, and, (laughs) and a carton of, of ice cream, what, what are some healthy or more positive ways we can help them shift out of that stress? I love that. I love that example. Bottle of wine and a carton of ice cream. <laughs> right. I want to. I want to first applaud those of us who are able to really be aware that mm-hmm. self-aware that we are stressed, self-aware, and who do the but why questions. Do those the but why? But why? Mm-hmm. And can I caution you to be so loving and kind as though you were talking to a child with the but why? Don't be harsh and rushed to an answer but why and wait wait for your true response not the response Mm -hmm. that you would say that your politically correct response not your adult response your true heartfelt from the soul response to what is the trigger that's causing you fear because the underlying emotion behind stress is fear So what is it that you are afraid of? Once you get to that point, and even if you can't get there, still no stress, but I want to give you some, but why some answers to to some strategies that is to help with those, but why's when you get stuck. And that is applying reasonable remedies, reasonable remedies for what is causing this stress, AKA this fear. So whatever Mm -hmm. comes up for you, if you listen and you can't get past that point, you say, okay, it's this. And let's just say it's money. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you have are, are looking for a certain income or a certain bill you need to pay and you stop right there. And then you apply a reasonable remedy, whatever that is for you. Well, I'm going to cut back on this and I'll pull the money from there. And then you apply that to the stress, give it to the stress, give it to the fear. Say here, I heard you. Mm-hmm. You're stressed about this. And here's my reasonable remedy. And let me tell you why I think this is a remedy. As though you were talking to someone else and you just yeah. wait, you wait because either fear or worry will accept that and most often it won't. It'll send you back to the drawing board. It'll say, okay, but now we've got it on the run. And every time you go back with a reasonable remedy and it gives you the but you're getting deeper to the real reason of what is causing you this trigger, this fear, this worry, this stress. And that's really what this whole stress is about. This is a loving way for your body, for your inner self to say, you need to get to know me. Yeah. 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 The answer here is so beautiful. The answer to what soothes you is in the knowing of you. Hmm. So this is, there's, there's two things that I, I love that you just said um, that because you're learning the language of your body, you're learning to communicate, you're learning how to listen to it. It's telling you things, but most people haven't learned the language or refuse to listen to it when they do hear it. Right. So I, I think that that is so important um, to foster that um, communication 
uh, with your body, number one. And then the reasonable remedy thing I think is so key because it actually, it, it requires you to use some logic, use some reason. So really with that, you're, you, you can take the emotion out of it. You don't have to be emotional about the thing that you're, you know, that's, that's got you all angsty. You, and so you take the emotion out of it, which immediately alleviates stress. You apply some reason and some logic and you take an action step. And oftentimes feeling like even if it's just a little tiny step that that particular step, however small it is, makes you feel like you've got a little bit of control and that's less scary, right? And you start to feel this sense of relaxation come mm -hmm. over you. And you haven't necessarily solved the problem because remember, right. this is not necessarily about solving the problem. We all right. have had problems that have had, that have gotten solved in our life and doggone it if another problem doesn't come right on the heels of it, right? Sure, sure. So we know that solving a problem is not the answer for dealing with stress. It's, it's the short-term you know, appeasement, yeah. but it's not the answer. The answer is learning how to be at peace, whole, complete, nothing mm -hmm. missing, nothing broken, totally in every situation to feel mm -hmm. this wholeness of yourself that I am strong enough, I am present enough to be in this moment and mm -hmm. still be okay. Mm -hmm. And those things that you just said, I am, those I am statements, I, I think that people underestimate and sometimes aren't, don't even realize those are such powerful affirmations. Uh, and so making sure that whatever you follow up, I am with is something that is going to feed you in a positive way, you know, whether it's, whether it's um, just good, a good mindset statement, or if it's spiritual, if you're a spiritual person, but that there's so much power in that. After I am should be what you want to be. That should be, I am is a statement of intention, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what you want to be. And that would really, when I first, and I talk about this in my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, when mm -hmm. I got on this pathway of knowing how powerful my words were, I honestly had so little conversation. I was really, I was like, oh my gosh, can I say that? Can I say that? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it really helped me. Now, and I am a big person in calling it as it is. You mm -hmm. have to be self-aware. Yeah. But you have to be intelligent in the way that you present yourself to you because you are the first person that hears every word that comes out of your mouth. Right. You're always speaking to self, self first. So yep. be very mindful of how you use your I am statements. You know, people, oh, I am so sick and tired. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. <laughs> and, and the universe says, and you shall be. <laughs> exactly. Your wish is my command. Right. As you wish. <laughs> It's so true. It really is. I, you know, we, I mean, we can, we're laughing about it, but that's because it's so simple and so true and it's so obvious. And you wish that everyone would be able to be more willing to actually embrace that and try it out and see the effect it has on their life when they, when they turn those statements into something, you know, that they wish to be or become or be feeling. Right. And I tell people, you know, what do you have to lose? Try it out. Mm -hmm. You have nothing to lose by watching the phrase that you put after I am. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Try. You already know that you're stressed. You already know that you're worried. You already know yeah. that, you know, your life is moving down a pathway where there's one stressful event after another stressful event. And those really are just events that are occurring in life. Right? Yes. There is something about our internal processing of those events that makes our blood pressure rise, makes us have insomnia, makes us overeat, may, you know, there's something about the way we're interpreting it. Mm -hmm. It's sad. Mm -hmm. We horrible things have happened, and we want to have a full human experience, all of, experience all of the emotions. Mm -hmm. But we right. don't want the emotions to drive us to the point where we're we're not no longer useful in our own life. Right, right. I I always say we don't want to be a slave to our emotions. No, right. Because the emotion is just really the thermometer. It's really telling you, hey, you're either moving in the right direction or you need to change course. That's mm -hmm. all the emotion is supposed to do. It's like walking in a room and the, the temperature is too hot. Okay, mm -hmm. we need an adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. yeah. It's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Um, so I wanted to ask you, as long as we are kind of combining this topic a little bit of stress and health, because they are 
<laughs> they're related, clearly. So what are your thoughts about um, all, all forms of illness, disease really begins all sickness begins in the mind. I mean, I know that you are, uh, you know, uh, unity is an, is a new thought type of spirituality. I've been a student of, of new thought for 35 years. And so, you know, all of the books that, that I've read from um, divine science to religious science to A Course in Miracles, they they all and then and then of course even now like um quantum physics and the the energy and science it all points to the power of our mind and where much of this stems from much illness and ill harmony in the body what are your thoughts about that absolutely absolutely so you know everything that you know, and of course, we're not talking about religion, but I do want to say this. And the word of God says there, it, we will speak no idle word, right? Mm -hmm. So we create a whole world in our mind. That's how mm -hmm. magical we are as beings. We create a whole world about everything in our mind and it outpictures it in our external world. That's what yeah. we do, you know? And I give this example to every client that I work with. I said, so just to make you understand how real that is, you have a thought in a non-physical world, right? A thought is something that we cannot put our hands on. We can't see it. But then you have the ability to take that thought and produce it in the physical world just by writing it down, mm -hmm. right? There is no other form of creation that we know of that can do that. We have a thought. We take something from a non-physical world and we produce it in a physical world. Right. That is the same way with everything. Right. We first, and the body does not lie. So if we are holding, we're talking about stress today, we're holding in stress and mm -hmm. we're holding all of this in and we're taking it in and we're letting it poison us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it produces it, it, it bears the fruit of poison. Yes, ex exactly. And so it just makes me wonder if all of the, you know, what's going on now, not that there's not a very real thing out there, but also how much of a role has people's um, fear uh, and, and stress and mindset, not to mention, you know, their, their individual states of health, how much has that played a role in the spread of this? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying it's food, but you got to think about it to consider it. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people out there that are much smarter than me who are studying that kind of stuff. But I have to say when we collectively get together collectively yeah. as we do, and we accept something as being horrible, well, that's a lot of energy on the creation of something, right? Right. That's a lot of belief pattern moving in that direction. And I'm happy to say that there are more, you know, my mom introduced us to new thought way back when, you know, and I'm happy to see that it's become almost mainstream now. You know, right. Mindfulness or whatever we want to call it. But this understanding that we create our external world from our internal being. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have the mind is such a powerful tool and we have we can change at any time. Right. It's so amazing. Yeah. Well said. I love that. So, okay. We, we all have the freedom to, to make new choices um, about the way we're going to think about COVID, about our health, about stress, about all of these things. Um, we can think about it in, in healthier ways, uh, in less negative ways. And I guess it, it, it really boils down to becoming aware, as you pointed out so many times, your awareness of what your choices are and then opting to exercise them. So taking a little action on those choices. And that is going to just bring me real quick to your book, Freedom is Your Birthright. So let's just touch at least for a minute or two on this delightful little book and tell me what inspired you to write it. Oh my goodness. I never set out to write a book. Actually, I was going through a very tough time in my life after being married for 20 years and realized that my marriage was having huge problems in it. I got diagnosed with mm. an autoimmune disease and I lost my job all in the same year. Right? Oh, ouch. So, ouch. Right? <laughs> and so um, that was an incredible year for me. And I realized though, I was going through a lot of change, all mm -hmm. of it seemed and, and felt painful. 
And one day I was in so much physical pain. Uh, I was lying on my kitchen floor because it was cool. And I was trying to imagine the kitchen floor is cool, but it was cool down there. And I was trying to prepare dinner and I didn't have the strength to stand up long enough. And I thought to myself, as horrible as I felt in that moment, you know, we, in everyday peace, we look at three pillars, health, wealth, and relationship. Mm -hmm. And my health had been impacted. My relationship had been impacted and my wealth had been impacted. And yet my stress, and I had stress, I had worry, but I was there and I felt so hopeful. I remember lying on the kitchen floor and being so grateful that the floor was cool. I said, oh my gosh, this feels so good against my skin. Now I could have been there uh, and saying to myself, oh, woe is me. I don't yep. have the strength to stand up and prepare dinner. Yeah. In that moment, I thought to myself, I want to be able to give this to someone because somewhere on this vast planet, there is another person whose health, wealth, and relationship yeah. have been challenged in this very moment. And they feel like they're going to lose their mind. And that's why I said, I want to make it small and brief because I wanted to be under a hundred pages, the book, because I felt mm -hmm. like this person doesn't have a lot of time <laughs> and they don't need right. a lot of fluff. <laughs> right. Just get to the point. Get to the point. How can you help me? And that's yeah. what I want to realize, people to realize is that we are free to make any decision about this situation that we want to make. Acknowledge, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm scared. Right? But I have decided that it is here. I wouldn't have chosen it, but it is here. I, I accept that it is here. I honor myself for being aware and accepting. And now I can wait for the creative answer to all of this. So that's going to also um, require some faith, right? On the behalf of the sufferer that something, something good can and will come of this. And all you need to do is know somebody else's story, right? Mm -hmm. Know somebody. I knew I wasn't the first woman after 20 years, right? That was not the first wife after 20 years to yeah. realize, oh my gosh, I was not the first person to go to the doctor feeling like this is going to be something minor to turn around and say, oh my goodness, is that, right? I wasn't the first person that mm -hmm. happened. I wasn't right. the first person to ever lose a job. Right? There have been people who have done that and had overcome. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why can't I? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. When you think about the billions upon billions upon billions of humans that have walked the earth, surely there is at least one that's been in your shoes or worse that has come through the fire, overcome and become stronger and wiser and able to help and be of service to others because of it. Absolutely. And, you know, at some point during the journey, when things were getting really bad, I said, well, if I need to be the first to have all three worlds <laughs> collapse at one time, who comes out like a shining star, then I'm happy to be the first. Yeah. Your self-talk is so important and it must be disciplined. You mm -hmm. will not feel like it on the days that you do not feel like it, on the mm -hmm. days when all it seems to do is rain, but you must have a process. One of my very first things in the morning is to write an act of gratitude card. Mm -hmm. I put on one side, three things that I'm grateful for that happened yesterday. And at that point in my life in 2015, I was struggling looking for three things on my list. One day I had, I'm grateful that I'm able to blink. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was digging deep, right? And then yeah. on the other side of that card, I put my intention, three things that I'm going to be grateful for that I am setting an intention that will happen today. And they mm -hmm. were small things. I'm going to get through the next five minutes without crying. Yes, I am. Right. Right. Small things, but I would put them on and that be, and that is a part of my everyday process. Yeah. Whether I feel like it, whether I'm running late, it doesn't matter. You have to have these disciplined things of checking in with yourself, asking yourself, how are you today? Mm -hmm. And waiting for the real answer without judgment, shame, or condemnation. I accept mm -hmm. that that's how I am. I honor myself for telling myself the truth. I love that. And you know, what you said about that is literally mindset training. You are, you are practicing, you are exercising the way you are going to allow your mind to think and operate about something so that you don't corkscrew yourself into the dirt. So it's like you said, when you, you know, when you were laying on the, on the floor in your kitchen and what did you do? You went to 
I'm so grateful this floor feels so nice and cool. You, you, you immediately, or maybe not so immediately, but you pretty quickly found something that was, that was good in this, in this devastation, you know, place you found yourself in. Right. right? We all do that. We should do that. Look for the, look Mm -hmm. for something to be grateful for. And I remember that Mm -hmm. day, like it was yesterday. I said to myself at first, are you too weak to even stand and cook dinner? And I got immediately after that, just from disciplining myself, the next thought was, boy, this is floor feel good. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that that is so important because it's really, that's, that's when the practice matters the most. It's easy, as you said, to have positive self-talk when things are all rosy and going great. But when the shift hits the fan, <laughs> right? I love it. Right? That's when, you know, you're put to the test of how much have you been really practicing and absorbing and how, you know, how strong is that mental musculature now to do the kind of self-talk that you really need right now? Yeah. 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 Something I just want to say, do not underestimate the good of putting yourself in a timeout will do. Mm-hmm. Take if you need to put yourself in a voluntary timeout, and that means timeout for everything, timeout for negative self-talk, timeout for the cell phone, lights out, you in the darkness sitting there and refuse to let your mind abuse you. You sit there and you tell your mind, I'm going to close my eyes and I want you to go look for light in the darkness. It'll occupy your mind and let your mm-hmm. mind rest. Yeah. Right. A voluntary yep. timeout. Do, oh my goodness. It will do wonders. Yeah. It really does. It is a beautiful way to, again, change your state. And that's really what you're trying to do. You just, you need to shift out of that state. And there are just a thousand positive ways to do it. And that is one beautiful way. Um, I, oh, I have so many other things I want to ask you. So you're going to have to come back because I'm, I'm watching the time and I, and I know you are a busy lady. So, um, where, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, but before I do, I'd like you to share real quick, where can people find out more about you, what you do, where's the best place to send them? Yeah, so my website, which I'm so proud of, we just launched a brand new website, uh, www.doctor.dr. Dravon, D-R-A-V for victory, O-N, James.com. So we just did away with the old website, got a new website. And then of course, I'm on the radio weekly, a live podcast Mm -hmm. called Dr. Dravon James and Everyday Peace. I'm on Unity Online Radio. And you can go back on there and you can look at, listen to all my past shows, but we're live every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. So I have to ask, I was watching, um, I can't remember what, whose, whose video it was, but I was watching you on something and, um, you told what I found to be a fascinating story about when you were a kid and you went to, um, one church on Saturday and a different church on Sunday. Uh, that's what your mom did. And I thought that was so interesting that I wanted to just quick ask you about that. Like that's a lot of churching on the weekend. Yeah, it is. And so I just use this mo- mo- moment to honor my mom who just recently passed away in January. Mm. And so she, we had a very challenging child, childhood, but she somehow, this phenomenal woman would find her way to church and have us in church all day on Saturday. I did not think it was phenomenal when I was a kid. <laughs> I bet not. <laughs> so we went to a new thought church and we were mm. from Chicago on the South side of Chicago. We went to a new thought church on Saturday and it was all day. And so, um, back then they'd have the charts and we do all the studying and we were small, but I'm my mom's oldest child. And so she would want me to stay awake. And then on Sunday, we went to a, um, a, oh my gosh, holiness church, Pentecostal church. And that mm. is, if you know anything about Pentecostal religion, it was all day on Sunday. And my mom would tell us now, when you get to the new thought church, do not mention that we go to a Pentecostal church on Sunday. Oh, and Sunday, do not mention that we go to a new thought church. And I would say to her mom, why? She said, because they would never understand. And my mm-hmm. mom was raised Pentecostal. She said, they would never understand why I am interested in both. But yeah. in my childlike mind, I would hear such strong similarities. The practice mm-hmm. is totally different, mm-hmm. right? But there were such strong similarities in the teaching. It was almost the same to me. Right. And somewhere, you know, I, I talk about everything. There's no 
insignificant moment in our lives. All of that, as I went on, I read Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm -hmm. All of that sort of opened up those floodgates for me to realize that we are all exactly the same at our core, right? We all want to know at the end of the day that we're safe, the people that we love are safe, Right? And that was what those practices were teaching in all different ways, right? For us to accept that about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so that practice of being in church all day Saturday and all day Sunday, oh my goodness, I would love to say that I went willingly, but there were so many but whys. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. But but here you are, you know, putting it to just a beautiful use and it's become, you know, it's, it's a massive, obviously a massive part of your life. I think it's wonderful. I was just so curious about that because, um, you know, we went to Unity Church um, a little bit. Uh, my mom was into New Thought, of course, in the back in the 70s. So all of that stuff my sister and I were exposed to when we were teenagers. And and so we just, that's just the path that we went and it seems to be a wonderful fit. So I thought that was so curious um, that you were exposed to both yeah. processes, I guess, of cultivating a, a relationship with with God. And I, I just thought, how, how did that, uh, how did you end up choosing, you know, a path? And I, you know, I think like what you said though, if you, if you look beyond the languaging, um, the messages, the core messages are not all that different. Not at all. And I think it's, for me, has helped me to accept all people from all walks. Mm -hmm. People say, you know, I believe in nothing. That's fine too. Right. Yeah. You know, believe in self. That, that's great, you know? So it helped me to see that humanness in all of us, you know, mm-hmm. that here we had, and in, in, in my mom's mind, they were so different. You know, they, their beliefs were so different. And I agree, the way they presented their beliefs was totally different, but the core belief was the right. same. They just right. used different terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I hate to, but I know I have to let you go. So um, is there any uh, final message that you would like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Yes, there is. For everyone who's watching, I want you to know that right now in this very moment, you have everything that you need to move to your next level of greatness. There is no external source that you need. You can reach out for help, but know that you have all the tools, you have them right now. So if you're ready and courageous enough to ask yourself, I wonder what if, go ahead and ask the question, wait for your answer. Perfect. You are delightful. I am so grateful that you spent this time with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Drayvon James. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, that's going to do it for us today, everyone. Thank you all for spending time with me and Dr. Doravon James. We hope that through our conversation, you've picked up on some ways to maybe change your perception and free yourself at least a little bit from some undue stress, unnecessary stress. If you can relieve yourself of even a little bit um, by, by practicing some of the tips that that Dr. Drayvon gave us, I think that you will be surprised at what you find out is possible for yourself. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Share all of the good shift that we have been talking about here. And uh, hey, take a moment to give us a five-star rating. That would mean a lot to us. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy and stay open. Go make some epic shift happen in your lives. And that goes for you too, Mr. Gary Vee.